You're listening to a podcast made the Johnsonville way. And welcome to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. I am Krista Brazo, and my co-host today is Joe Horstmeyer. Joe Horstmeyer, how yes. are you doing today? I'm well. How about yourself, I'm, Krista? I'm well as well. Good. How'd you like that? That was pretty clever, right? I... Let's ask our guest how she's doing today. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Tammy Streeby, and I work on the international team in customer and consumer insights. Awesome. Wow. What does that, that Yeah, that sounds really complicated. <laughs> so if you think about it, we need to understand what our customers in other countries want for sausage. So I travel to other countries. I spend time in their homes, about four hours with them. Uh, we go grocery shopping with them. They cook meals for us. <laughs> this, this sounds is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is like, sign me up. <laughs> we, we've been hitting about one country a year because it's expensive to do it. Sure, but, sure. Um, other than that, I work with our syndicated data suppliers like Nielsen in Canada, and I work with our sales teams and work on analytics for them. So, huh. What was your favorite country to visit so far? I would say Japan has been my favorite. It was the most comfortable for me to go to. We've really? been Yeah. Um, we've been to China, Japan, Indonesia, Philippines, Canada, Mexico. Um, I feel like Canada would be the most close to you know, yeah, our and experience. And I, I kind of think about it, it's, it's kind of like northern Wisconsin. Sure. Yes, so, exactly. I, you know, when I think about foreign countries, I often don't think of Canada. Sure. Yeah, I don't either. Um, you know, and it's beautiful, and I loved it there, and the people were wonderful. Japan was... Probably my favorite because it was the most interesting, but still I felt really comfortable there. It was yeah, clean. Yeah. The people were very friendly. A lot of English-speaking people. Oh, so cool. it was simple. How many languages do you speak? <laughs> One. One? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning phrases in a lot. I had Spanish back in high school, but okay. you don't use it and you lose it. Well, they're um, very family-oriented in Japan, right? Not so much. No, not really. No. Ooh, I'm thinking common of common misconception. Don't they? Don't they often the the elder family members live? They don't they, do like nursing homes there. No, they take care of their elders. But when I think about family, I think of mom and dad and the kids going somewhere together on Saturday, going to soccer games. Oh, sure. I think of mom and dad having a date night. Okay. Not so much. Really? Really? Well, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mom raises the kids. Dad works. He comes home, you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, eats dinner by himself. Everybody does their own thing. And oh, that's cool. interesting. Just not a lot of family time. Okay. Not like here. Yeah, yeah. we're very uh, focused. And about. I think that's actually a Wisconsin thing in general or Midwest yeah. thing, too. Yeah. yeah. Not Ma- that America's dinner bad together at it, around but, the table know. every night kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Family time is really important in Mexico. I mean, it was oh. just night and day compared to Japan because there every weekend it's we need to get together at somebody's house, get the whole family together. And that's like cousins, yes. uncles. Yep. Yeah. They have wow. carne asada. They get out the grill. They have a process that they follow for their grilling. And it's it's very much about family time. Huh. Well, that's really cool. Did the CIA coordinators get a hold of that process and, <laughs> right? and break it down? <laughs> 
Oh, wow. So, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm beating you to it. Um, maybe not, but <laughs> what, uh, what is your Johnsonville story then? Have you always been doing this or, no, Oh, no. well let's back it up. Yeah, What's your Johnsonville story? Take us back to the beginning. So back to the beginning, a very good place um, to start. was about almost 17 years ago. And I actually started on the credit team. I had been in credit and collections for 16 years before I came to Johnsonville. Oh, wow. Moved in into credit and collections here. Joy Krugel was my boss at the time. Hmm. And uh, I think I was in that role for about two years, and there was um, a new team starting up, and it was for category management work. And um, Gene Reck actually was leading the team back then, and it sounded really interesting. I wasn't going to be calling people for past due bills or telling them their order was on hold anymore. I get to work with the sales team really closely. I thought, gee, this sounds interesting, and they needed strong Excel skills, some financial background. I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely loved it. So that team was category management. Then it became thought leadership. Then it became strategic insights and analytics. And then about five years ago, I took on um, a five-star experience helping Bob Fitzgerald with some Canadian data, Mm -hmm. and it developed into a full-time role for me. So I was primarily doing um, category management analytics specifically for the customers. I wasn't doing the marketing research side of things. And when I moved on to international, there was a need for it. Mm-hmm. And um, I went back to the Burke Institute for a certificate in marketing research and started working through the process here at Johnsonville. So it really is a very Johnsonville way type of yeah, story. Yeah. Because when I started here, I, I mean, I had no idea anything like this actually existed. Sure. And um, now that's what I do. <laughs> well, it sounds so. like it didn't exist at the time either. Yeah. So that's really kind of cool uh-huh. to really didn't. be part of teams that were just developing. Stretching yeah. and growing 101 yeah. times 10. Yeah. <laughs> well, and really, I mean, you start doing marketing research. A lot of people would start in the States, but when you jump right in and you're going into international, our first country was Canada. Yeah. And that a. was very comfortable because we didn't need translators when we were um, having the interviews. But then when you go to China and you have to have somebody moderating in another language and then translating back to you and then translating back to the individual you're interviewing, it gets really interesting. Sure, sure. So. Well, and I'm sure there's cultural things that you, you know, like when to bow and, you know, I, right. actually, I don't know at all, but I mean, yeah, right. again, I'm just speculating. Yeah. But um, And when we went to Indonesia, we brought scarves along in case oh, we sure. were in somebody's home where we had to wear scarves on our heads. Sure. And, you know, so... Definitely not something I uh, thought I'd do growing <laughs> up in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sure. Right, yeah. right. So you're from the area then? I am. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yes. awesome. So let's transition into your off-the-clock story. So if anyone listened to the Andrea Meyer episode, they probably heard her talking about you, and uh, photography is one of her hobbies, and she said that you were kind of a mentor to her. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, Well, I've been into photography for a few years, and I had upgraded my cameras, so I had a few of them, and it was time to kind of scale back a little bit, and I put my very first camera up for sale, and Andrea and I are friends on Facebook, and she saw it, and she reached out to me and had an interest in it, so she ended up buying that camera, and I told her it would come with some lessons, too. Oh, nice. oh perfect. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we spent a little bit of time together playing around with the camera, and 
Um, actually, when she did her first newborn shoot, I went along with her to just help out and mm-hmm. make sure everything went smoothly for her. And uh, she's been doing a beautiful job with her photography. Really, really nice work. Sure. So, yeah. so how did you get started in yeah. photography? Well, I was actually um, into photography when I was in high school. And uh, this was quite a few years ago. <laughs> and I had a 35 millimeter camera. You say like film. five years ago? Right. That's back <laughs> when uh, it was all manual. It was all manual. And you had to have the film developed. And then you got it back and you saw all the mistakes you made. And. Oh, um, you know, you, you didn't have a way to check your settings at the time. Now with digital, you know, it's, oh, hit the delete button. If you don't like it, you change everything right then and there. If you're doing a picture and you cut somebody's head off, you know it right away. <laughs> right. You don't get a whole film roll back and yeah, everything is yeah. worthless. Um, which I think back to even when my children were little and some of the pictures we had from holidays and birthdays were not fabulous because it was still film. Yeah, um, But that's okay. I mean, it's a family photo, you know. <laughs> It's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I, thinking back to our photo albums and I'm like, damn. <laughs> well, I'm super jealous of people that, you know, have children now and everything is videoed on their phones and sure. they have a phone at their fingertips at all times. So when the baby does something cute, you catch it immediately mm-hmm. and you, mm-hmm. you have it forever. Yeah. And the ability to share with people that are far away online through Instagram or Facebook, I... I think that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. You know, so I think we were a little deprived that way. Um, but anyway, back when I was in high school, I was kind of into the photography, but it was super expensive to do back then because you had to buy the film, you had to pay for the developing of the film. And um, so when I started raising my children and had my family, I kind of got away from it, you know, still had, you know, a point and shoot camera at the time, but nothing that I was spending a great deal of time on. So when my children were older and moving out of the house and I needed a hobby, I had been making cupcakes for fun. Well, you can only eat so many <laughs> cupcakes and that becomes a problem. Can you? I don't oh, know. Oh, oh, it's, yeah, when your husband's like, I, I can't eat anymore. <laughs> it's I time to that find a, a new hobby. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get back into photography and... Um, Actually, I was at Costco, and I, I had been researching some cameras, and I picked up a Nikon D5100, which is what Andrea has now, and I started getting into it. My mother actually shows dogs, and she's been showing dogs for a long, long time and competing in a bunch of sports, and one of her dogs qualified for the national agility titles down in Orlando, Florida, and I'm wow. like, okay, well, this is awesome, Mom. You know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to take pictures. Mm-hmm. So I bought a bigger, better lens and attached it to my camera and headed down there, and suddenly it was, well, can you take pictures of this person's dog? Sure. Can you take pictures of this person's dog? So... I started doing more of it and going to some of the agility trials and taking pictures for her friends and really, really enjoyed it and started to fall in love with the dog sports. And at that time, I had a yellow lab that was probably 13 years old, 14 years old, and he wasn't going to be doing any more sports. Sure. My husband was convinced that once this dog went, that we weren't replacing him because, you know, we're going to be empty nesters and we can do all these things and we don't need dogs. I'm like, okay, well, I travel a lot for my job, so if he's not game for a dog, I'm not going to push it because that's just not fair to the dog. So he tried to, yeah, yeah, right? So he tried to appease me, and he mm-hmm. bought me two cats. They were little rescue kittens <laughs> from the same litter, Felix and Oscar. Calm down, I have Jeff. A Felix. Calm down. You have a Felix. I do. Too. I have a Felix. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So here I have these cats. Now I'm taking pictures of cats, and I'm taking pictures of my mom's dogs and her friend's dogs. <laughs> 
And uh, it was funny because after my lab passed in, in January, my husband uh, was still convinced there was going to be no more dogs in our future. And we got to about May and we had a swimming pool at the time and the filter and the pump were going and it needed a new liner and my husband didn't want to deal with it. And he said, I'll make you a deal. You let me get rid of this pool. I will buy you a puppy of your choice. Wow. So that took me about two seconds to agree to that deal. And I started doing my research. I knew I wanted another yellow lab and I wanted to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. So I found a breeder that did all the appropriate health testings. She actually supplied dogs to a diabetic alert organization, to a prison dog program, um, to some other occupational help type organizations for people. And I ended up getting my puppy Ruger. And he's going to be five next week. Oh, boy. And uh, then things really started to snowball because I started getting into the dog sports and <laughs> showing him. Hold, hold on a second. Hold uh-huh. on. We were just talking about photography. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel <laughs> like we're transitioning right now. So yeah. are you... Okay. We haven't quite transitioned 100%. Yeah. But so you, is this like a, a dual thing? You, you take it pictures? At, okay. Well, then carry on and we'll okay. stick with the photography and go into the, the sports. You kind of have to okay. because it's, it goes hand in hand. So once you start taking pictures and then I started working on training my dog in hunting, which nobody in my family hunts. Um, oh. I never hunted, but because I have a lab, I figured, well, I should teach him how to hunt. I suppose. And then I start taking <laughs> pictures of people's dogs hunting, and ah. I get hired to do trials. And so it, it's kind of just kept growing and getting bigger. And um, and what does your husband think of all this? <laughs> well, he doesn't see me a whole lot. <laughs> um <laughs> I saw that. Oh, Jeff's Jeff thinking is, about getting Jeff Kate a dog doing, now. Yeah. Jeff is doing his own acrobat. His name acrobat. is Jeff, too. Oh, perfect. <laughs> no, he, he, well, he loves the dog. Sure, I sure. Mean, but for him, it's who's going to hang out and uh, hang around the backyard with him, watch TV with him, share Cheetos with him, oh, you know, good. that yeah. kind of uh-huh. thing. And I'm like, well, we're going to class tonight, yeah. you know, and... Um, I'm gone a lot huh. with the dogs. Well, yeah. It, hey, it sounds like there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And so let, let's talk about those competitions. What does that entail? I mean, you just get a dog and then train it and then you, you compete with it or it, how does that work? Well, yeah, that's kind of the path. And okay. it was funny because when I got Ruger, I was all about the performance activities because dog sports are kind of divided into performance and then there's confirmation, which if you've ever seen the movie Best in Show when the dogs prance around the ring and look pretty, <laughs> yeah. okay, that's the confirmation oh, okay. side. Okay. So, so agility would be the performance. Exactly. Okay. We do. Okay. We do agility. We do rally obedience. We do obedience. We do scent work, barn hunt, dock diving, um, coursing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was just in line with Andrea for a taste test yesterday, and she talked about getting her uh, aspen into dock diving. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's I've watched it on TV. 
Yeah. Yeah, I So so I have a little English lab. She's okay. not she's like a year and a half, mm-hmm. short, stocky, muscular, and the way she tears around her backyard, I always think she would be so good at agility if I could get her to focus on something other than a stick. So how how do you get started? How do you know your dog is meant for that sort of thing? So you join a dog training club. Okay. Oh. So I belong to the Sheboygan Dog Training Club and the Manitowoc County Kennel Club. Okay. Um and I belong to both because I do all the agility, obedience, scent work, and everything in Sheboygan. But Manitowoc has a field division, so they have land out in Valders for dog training. And I can't even tell you how big that property is and how many uh, ponds they have. But that's where we do all of our hunt training out there. Wow. So when you're competing, how where do you go for one and for two? How many dogs are in a competition at a time? It depends on the competition. Okay. Um, I try to do a lot of events local. It's just easier. But um, this last weekend, I was in Canada com- competing in confirmation. And so Ruger was the first dog that I got. He's five that oh, I talked oh, about. Oh, there are more dogs. Oh, there are more dogs. <laughs> okay. There are more dogs. Oh, that's funny. And so Ruger was the one that started the performance thing for me. Okay. And then um, Ruger was probably, well, let's see, he must have been two, three years old. And it got kind of sad because I would spend so much time with him on the weekends because we go to all these events. And Monday morning when I would leave for work, and I have a doggy camera on at home, so I know what's happening in my house. You see what's about to happen here. Yep. yep. Someone's lonely. He started howling. He would sit <laughs> by the door and just howl. Oh, that's howl heartbreaking. And howl. And then he started gathering pillows up and bringing them into his bed. He never shredded them, never wrecked them. He just looked so ridiculously sad. Aww. And so I started warming a buddy. my husband up to this idea <laughs> of, you know, the one that we weren't getting any more dogs. Of course, yes. Right? And was there another pool it. or something that you had <laughs> to get rid of? No. Do you have a sauna it, it, you had to dismantle? <laughs> okay. Because I went to my breeders and I was taking headshots of her dogs for her website. Oh, and, good. And she has this dog and his name is Toby and he was about 11 months old. Just the sweetest, prettiest lab. And he's just real pale colored compared to my other boy who's more fox red. And uh, he's what my husband thinks a lab should be. Exactly. Okay. And I had this headshot of him and I was talking to the breeder about him and she's like, well, would you be interested in him as a friend for Ruger? He could be his companion. And and I'm like, well, I don't know. I'll I'll see what (laughs) Jeff will say. Well, I brought the picture home Uh and showed it to him. I'm like, well, we have to see if he gets along with Ruger because they're both intact boys. Mm. And uh, they got along wonderfully. Toby is just the sweetest dog and he was fine taking second fiddle to Ruger. And, you know, he was cool with it. So he came to live with us, and the condition of him coming to us was I would try to show him in confirmation. Wow. Which is... Show dog. Show dog. Uh uh (laughs) Pretty boy. I'm like, okay, well, I haven't done this, but I'll sure give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) So now my weekends are really full. Wow. (laughs) But Toby is a phenomenal dog. He finished both his AKC and UKC Grand Championships in confirmation, um, and it was all owner handled, so we didn't hire a professional yeah, to yeah. take him out and show him, which a lot of people do. And then this last weekend, we went to Sault Ste. Marie, Canada, mm-hmm. and showed in our first Canadian Kennel Club show, and he finished his championship up there in one weekend. Wow. So, yeah, he's he's awesome. What kind of training, I mean, for you, do you have to do to 
Oh. Make sure that these dogs have what they need. I watch a lot of videos. Okay. Um, <laughs> YouTube is your friend. YouTube is my friend. There's DVDs out there okay. you can purchase on showing dogs. And then my breeder's been a wonderful resource oh, for good. me. I mean, she's helped me a lot. And I've met so many nice people through going to the dog shows that are just super helpful. That'll give you tips and tricks. And mm-hmm. so it's been a really good experience. It's been way more social um, sure. than I ever thought it would be. And mm-hmm. I've got so many friends that I've made throughout all the different activities that we've done. Yep. So it's been a lot of fun. And you're still taking pictures. And I'm still taking pictures. Exactly. <laughs> well, gonna... when you bring home the ribbons, you need your ribbon pictures, <laughs> right? There you go. Yep, yep. <laughs> We're definitely going to need some pictures for the blog. <clears throat> we will. For the yeah. podcast yeah. blog. That would be great. Um, how? So you have two dogs. I have two dogs. Okay. All right. I didn't know we if thought there was, there was more coming. Oh, oh, there's more coming. <laughs> oh, there... there are more coming. <laughs> so what's, what's next, Tammy? So what's next uh-huh. is I... My grand plan in this, because both Toby and Ruger are being used for stud and have produced puppies. So at some point in time, I will be getting a puppy back. Um, Yeah. There we go. Yeah. What What do you want? I mean, do you want a, a girl or what do you... Because they're obviously going to be labs, right? Had, yeah, they're labs. Okay. I've always had boys. Um, it'd be nice to have a girl, but then I have to be really careful in my household. Oh, Gosh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know that that'll happen, <laughs> uh-huh. but my, my grand plan is to eventually have either a Toby puppy that is bred to Ruger or a Ruger puppy that's bred to Toby, so I get the best of both worlds. <laughs> Oh, nice. That's my grand plan. I don't know if it'll happen, Uh but I'm going to try, so. See, I have a golden doodle at home, and and, uh, my in-law's son, they have... well, I guess I would say my brother-in-law, duh. Um, but <laughs> he has a lab, and it's just it's night and day the type of personality that comes out of those dogs. Yep. You know, there's Labs also are so goofy. there's there's a labradoodle right next door to us, yeah. and I mean, it's just seeing the way it works is. Nuts. So I've never yeah. had only labs, you know, yeah. at home. And I don't know if I have the energy for yeah, that. Yeah, they have a lot of energy. It depends on the breeding. Okay. It really, really does. Because if you get uh, a lab that's bred for field, you know, mm-hmm. you, you Mine's see Mine's bred for them. hunting, like yeah. specifically oh. for hunting. And she's crazy. Bonkers. <laughs> yeah. So Sweetest thing in the world, but needs a lot of exercise. And Exactly. Yeah. A lot of the field bred labs are, are just that way. They need to go, go, go. And mm-hmm. some people struggle living with them in their households. I have the showbred dogs, so that they're the real English labs. Mm-hmm. And they are bred that they can go out and work in the field when they have to, but they come home and sleep by your feet at night. That's pretty so cool. So both of them, I mean, have drive to work in the field, but when they're in the house, they're just Good, good pups. They love little kids. They're so gentle with them. Nice. Um, I, I can tell you a funny story that happened at the show this week. We love with funny Toby stories. Because <laughs> it, this was just unbelievable. As it was happening, I'm going, this cannot be. But I do coursing with my dogs. And if you've have you ever seen lure coursing where the dogs chase a lure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So there's two different kinds. There's the coursing where they go 600 yards around a kind of a track that zigs and zags, and they have to be able to follow the bag the whole way that's going around. It's this white plastic bag that oh. looks like the back end of a bunny, I guess is what okay. it's supposed okay. to look like yeah. with a little white tail flopping. It's <laughs> just a Walmart it, bag. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then there's Fast Cat, and it's a 100-yard straight line where they're actually timed and you get points based on their speed. So both of wow. mine run about 25 miles per hour when they're doing the Fast Cat. Wow. So is that pretty normal or is that a little bit higher? Eh, it's than... pretty fast. Okay. Some of, the, right. some of the field labs will go faster, just they're built different. They have the yeah. long legs and they're a lot lighter than my boys okay. are. Okay, okay. Um, so they can get, you know, 30 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. There's some really fast ones out there, but... 
the problem is you create such a prey drive by doing that oh. that um, when there's plastic around, sometimes <laughs> that can be kind of interesting. <laughs> so this weekend, in the very last show on uh, Monday... I have Toby in the ring, and if you've ever watched a dog show, and they stack the dogs up, and they're supposed to stand a certain way, and the judge goes over them and looks at them, and they mm -hmm. decide between the dogs in the ring who wins. So I've got Toby in there, and I'm setting him up, and there's a person cleaning up a ring two rings away, and they had white plastic, like almost like tablecloths over the ring gates so that they couldn't see in because it was an obedience ring that they were taking down. And she's shaking the white plastic and gathering it up. <laughs> and Toby just, I can feel his whole body and his ears <laughs> go forward. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to get it. <laughs> and when, when you show dogs, they're on these tiny, itty-bitty little show leads oh, that you have no. barely any yeah. control over. And I'm, I'm trying to organize his feet and get him back, you know, to pay attention. I'm like, Toby. Leave it. Yeah, Leave yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. She did it one more time, and that's all it took. He took off, <gasps> threw, left my ring, <laughs> through the gates. He, he didn't even try to jump them. He just ran through them. He knocked <gasps> down three ring gates <laughs> and went for this girl with the plastic bags or the plastic tablecloths, and I don't think she knew what to do because here's this, you know, he's an 80-pound yellow lab yeah. coming tearing at her like... Oh, my god! that out of you-know-where. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and I'm mortified because this is a, you know, dogs don't do this at dog shows, right. not a confirmation uh -huh. show. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I, I'm in a dress because you wear dresses for showing okay. dogs, you know, and I'm hurtling over the <laughs> gates that he's knocked down and trying to get him as fast as I could because there's dogs all over the place, too. You don't yeah. want any trouble. And, you know, he had one thing on his mind. It was that plastic. Oh, my wow. God. So he got there and he just stopped and I collected him and I got back and we had more applause than best in show. Really? It, oh, it, that's so oh, great. It was wild. So we get back in the ring and I'm like, oh, what is this judge going to do, you know, this is not what a dog should be doing in the ring. She gave him best of breed. <laughs> so I mean, hey, like, he did what he was supposed yeah, to do. Yeah. Well, she saw his drive. I mean, yeah. and, and a lab should have drive. Yeah. So we finished that uh, ring competition because you go against your own breed first, and then you go against dogs similar. So we're in like the sporting group. Okay. So you have to go back in for a group win, and you compete against all the other dogs that got best of breed within the sporting dogs. And... Before we did that, I went over to the girl and I'm like, are you going to clean that up before the group competition? She's like, oh, I thought we would just leave it. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I helped her clean it up. I walked Toby over to show him it was all gone. Uh -huh. There was nothing oh, wow. there. Because he'll focus. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the way he is. Like when, uh -huh. when he does coursing and that bag goes, he, he pulled my mom down into the <gasps> mud one time too. <laughs> I mean, he just, he loves that game. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Wow. Um, so we go in for group and it's the same judge that had us for breed and she gives him a group three win over all these other dogs and i'm like well he showed what he can do yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow that's great yeah. that is awesome I, ha I pictured it all in my head and it was uh-huh is there a video of this because we <laughs> no, know i actually asked when i got back we took our bow and you know I, people were dying because the, you don't see this happen sure, you know sure. and uh well, the like, fact did that anybody get a video yeah the fact that he tore through like he didn't jump over he just <laughs> no, tore through just everything. like rammed them right down. They were just <laughs> scattered everywhere. Oh it was, oh, my God. Dogs are funny. They're good. Yeah. They're good dogs. They are. <laughs> they're but, good. you know, when they're strong and they get something in their head. Mm -hmm. nah, game on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have, I mean, these 
these leads are there's nothing to them. They're like a string attached yeah. to them. It's not like if you have a leather lead on or mm-hmm. something, you've got a, a chance at stopping them. Sure. You dig your feet in or yeah. something. So what has been the most, I mean, obviously this is a fun weekend for you, but what has been the most fun part of the photography and then, you know, the, the showing? Oh, totally the most fun is doing the hunting. Oh, um, because okay. you're out there watching dogs do what they were bred to do. Okay. And it's phenomenal. And then you get pictures of these dogs and the owners get so excited about them. And then you hear, you know, oh, I blew that picture up and I made a canvas out of it. Oh, or, that's cool. You know, that's the picture I used on their awards plaque or whatever. And it's the pieces that you've captured for them of their dog that uh-huh. they take with them. Occasionally they'll end up in a magazine. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. And then... Um, I told you about when I went down to nationals with my mom and I started taking pictures the first trip down there. Well, one of the dogs that I was taking pictures of, um, you know, had passed away from Mm. cancer. And this woman still comes up to me and those pictures are her favorite ever taken dog. And it's just like, oh, God. (laughs) Uh Makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That's really neat. I know. I mean, not to get sad here, but we're going (laughs) to. It's weird because... This has been my, well, when I was a very little kid, we had a dog, but I don't really remember that. And so this is my first dog that mm. I've ever had. And and honestly, I have spent more time than I would like to on the thought of when this dog isn't here anymore. I actually talked to my vet about it. Yeah. Because I was like. It's devastating. I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it, it's you know? Hard. And she's like, you will, first off. And, yeah. And second off, just enjoy the time that you have, you know? Yeah. Quit thinking about it being gone. Yeah, but it's, it's true. true. It's one of those yeah. things where these dogs. I mean, they look at you and you're like, oh, hey, buddy, how you doing? You know? They're and it's, family. Yeah. They I mean, they're a family member. Mm-hmm. I lost my, I had a shepherd lab mix that passed, I think, almost three years now. But I had to take time off work. It yeah. was devastating. Yeah. I mean, he was a member of our family. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. bad. And yeah. well, our last lab lasted 14 and a half years. Wow. Sure. And I've read articles that say it's harder to lose a pet sometimes because it's such a part of your daily routine. Mm-hmm. When you think about, you know, the first thing you do in the morning is you feed the dogs, you let the dogs out. Yep. They first greet you, you at do, the door. Exactly. Yep. I run yep. home at lunch and let them out. I, yeah. You know, we go to class, I don't know how many nights a week, yep. and everything I'm doing is around them and all these trips and the people, and, and suddenly you, you don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That first time yeah. you come home and they don't greet you at the door, forget yeah. about it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. Be, yeah, it's, yeah, it's bad. But I guess the silver lining in all it's this all is that... It's all worthwhile, though. It you is. know. Yeah, not only that, but you've been able to capture things for people, and that's, yeah. you know, that's huge. So yeah. not only that, but for yourself as well. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you have a, a couple photos, Just huh? Just a few. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> yeah. So let's say um, someone wants to get started in, you know, just photography in general. Mm. What would you suggest for them? Take a class. I Just mean, take a class. Yeah, take a class. Do some research. Find the camera that you want because depending on what you think you want to take pictures of, your equipment's going to change. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're going to do like sports photography, it's going to cost you quite a bit more you oh. know, to get the lenses and things that are fast enough to capture the action, especially if you do indoor sports. Okay. Um, you're going to want to... I didn't even yeah. think about Lighting. I didn't even yeah. know. Yeah, totally yeah. different. Yeah. Because wow. you can't use a flash, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
when you're indoors and you're doing sports and stuff that that's a distraction. Exactly. You Mm -hmm. can't do it. So you have to invest in some pretty decent equipment. But I think the biggest thing is, um, take a class and get to know your camera. That's the biggest. And then you have to take pictures all the time. Sure. And I've done, I've started them. I've never finished one and I'm going to one of these years, (laughs) but, um, project 365 is where you take a picture a day. Those are awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I think I've made it through probably four or five months on some of them. And then something happens where you end up getting distracted or traveling or whatever happens and you fall behind and you, you don't get caught up again. Mm -hmm. Um, but taking a picture every single day forces you to use your camera. And I think that's one of the best ways to learn. When I got into the pet photography, I ended up going down to Atlanta for a weekend and I took a class called photo coach. And there's a gentleman named Andy Bigger, who is huge in the UK for dog sports photography. He does phenomenal work, and he came to the U.S. to teach this class. Wow. Um, And it was in conjunction with a blogger called It's a Lab Thing. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. and uh, I'm going to have to go there. (laughs) So they they put on this joint effort to do a a dog photography workshop, and it was at Piedmont Park in Atlanta, and it was phenomenal. And that is where it really, really got me hooked Mm -hmm. on dog photography. I so, so much. <laughs> so in, in terms of photography in general, um, I, I don't know, I guess I'll call it the industry, but you see everyone and their mother out there, you know, taking like, oh, I could take pictures of this and I could take pictures of that. Mm-hmm. What part of the industry is like flush right now? You know, like, cause I, I don't hear of a lot of people taking action shots. You know what I yeah, mean? I do know what you mean. Um, so after I joined the dog training club and I started taking pictures of the agility trials, we need to have fundraisers for our club, right? That mm-hmm. we are all members um, and we have to be able to pay for our property and the upkeep of the property. Sure. So I started a photography committee at our club and I had about, I think there's seven of us now that all do photography for our events. And we started selling our event photos from club. Well, suddenly other clubs are getting more and more photographers to show up and take pictures too because nobody was taking the action pictures in Mm. obedience because it's not terribly exciting or in in like rally. But we do barn hunt and started doing a ton of those pictures and it just, it, it grows. And now people really appreciate getting action pictures of their dogs. Yeah. You, know, you kind of have to find the, the that niche thing, yeah. right? Yeah. That exactly. nobody else is doing. Yeah. yeah. Or the thing that you're passionate about, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah. Well, and that's true because I, I've dabbled in other areas. I've done newborn photography. I've done a couple of weddings. I've mm-hmm. done senior pictures. I really don't enjoy it. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> See, I think that's what I was getting at is that it seems like I mean, on Facebook. Well, it seems like you those are your choices. Newborns, graduation, right. you know, yep. and, weddings. And, and now we've got someone here taking pictures of dogs running in a field. Like, that's really cool to yeah, me. Yeah, it's I mean. a lot of fun. It's yeah. a, I mean, and you get some crazy shots. Yeah. And each time you kind of discover something new. So when I did um, one of the working certificate tests for huntings, it was for a golden retriever club. Every golden retriever, what do they do when they come out of the water? They shake. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so these shaking pictures oh, are just that's hilarious. awesome. Oh my gosh. They're yes. so much fun. Have you ever that. tried to take any of those pictures where like the dog is trying to catch a ball? You know, oh, their yeah. mouth is like, <laughs> oh, I'll share some with you. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. I have a lot of my dogs doing that oh, too. Oh, good. And I, I like, okay, so if, 
if you're throwing the ball directly at me and I'm holding the camera, so the dog is running and trying to get the ball, uh-huh. and then you have the people, the owners kind of blurred in the background because nobody likes pictures of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they all seem to think it's really cool when you've got their dog just in absolute super sharp focus, and then sure. they're a little fuzzed out in the I can background. see it. I'm picturing cool. it right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, they love it. And I think those are some of the coolest pictures, again, because... Someday when you don't have that dog, you have a picture of you and that dog doing something yeah. you love together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so whether it's the Frisbee or the ball or a bumper or, yeah, you know, whatever. Those I think are I might favorite. be calling you <laughs> for a couple photo shoots. All right. <laughs> well, honestly, this is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost inspiring because um, you're following something that you didn't. I mean, you you enjoyed it, but you mm-hmm. didn't realize how much you were going to enjoy right. it. Now you're all in, you know, and that's, yeah. I mean, I'm sure your husband's okay with it, but it's one of those <laughs> things where it's awesome. And, and the other thing too, let's say someone wanted to get into competitions with dogs. How would they get started on that? Well, it's really, it's find a local club that you can join okay. um, and participate in or find friends that are doing it because it just makes it so much easier and so much better when you have somebody to do it with and kind of help you along and get started um, Sheboygan has a kennel club too, right? We have a Sheboygan kennel club, which okay. is confirmation. And then the Sheboygan dog training club that I belong to is the obedience, the rally, okay. scent work, all those kinds of things. Wow. So it's a lot. Well, you know, and that's just it. I kind of my favorite thing lately with the dogs has been the scent work because <laughs> when you teach a dog to find scent, and they know how to do it. So they both have You can titles. find lost things. They, well, yeah, they can. Absolutely. If, if they learn your scent, because one of the elements that you do is it's called handler discrimination, where you scent a glove or a sock or a cotton ball with your own scent, and then it's hidden and they have to find it. You know, you don't know where it is. So you have to be able to read your dog when they find mm. it and call alert that they found what they were looking for. And then the judge tells you yes or no. Wow. Yeah. So my dogs are trained on... Birch, anise, and clove. Those are the three main scents that they start with. And then also handler. Hmm. So. so is that where like a search and rescue dog would start? With they that probably, sort of training? It, it, it's very similar. So it, it's probably closer to if you have a police dog that's doing narcotic searches. Okay. Um, that would be closer to it. So Toby, um, right now, his son is actually going to go on and do some narcotic searches and tracking dementia patients that wander oh. off. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he started, he went to the prison dog program in Oshkosh, which is part of Journey Together Service Dog. And uh-huh. I, I've helped them with some socialization of their dogs, sure. too, because my dog's dogs are going into the program. Uh-huh. Um and he was a bit too much dog to work with somebody who has PTSD because mm. that's their specialty, mm. especially okay. for military members. Okay. Um, so he was a bit too much dog, and he was repurposed to work for the VA, and he's doing the narcotic searches to make sure nobody's bringing anything in. And then also, if anybody wanders off, he'll be helping find them. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah, that is really amazing. I'm. This is one of those episodes where <laughs> we sit down. We're go like, we're going to talk on. about photography. Sorry, <laughs> and then it's like, no, that's okay. Wow, there's so yeah, much there's, here. There's a. Yeah. This is great. I mean, there's so many things we haven't even touched on, like how a dog can sense a seizure is coming yeah. or can detect yeah. cancer in exactly. human beings. That's, and well, that's amazing. All the same kind of training, and I watched a. It was a video on 
dogs and their sense of smell. And it's like, if you walk into a house and somebody's making lasagna, like, oh, I smell lasagna. They don't. They smell tomato, garlic, oregano, basil. Wow. They smell all the individual elements of whatever you're making. See, and I'm only over here. I'm like, I've started morel hunting, and I'd really like my dog to be able to find There are dogs that do that. It's like a special breed. I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) You train them. It's, It's just the different scent. So if you've heard of shed hunting, for antlers, you know, oh, come yeah, off yeah, of yeah. your sheds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a Shed Dog Elite series where they're actually taught to hunt <laughs> for those. And then, yeah, it's the same thing. It's just you can you can teach them for anything that they mm-hmm. can smell. And mm-hmm. So now That's let's true. talk breeds here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to slow down here at some point, but I'm, I can keep going. Like, I have a golden doodle. Mm-hmm. I can still train her to do... She has a nose. Okay, yeah. done. Perfect. Yep. So my mom has Tibetan Honey, get ready to spend money. <laughs> and they're doing scent work. Okay. And Tibetan Terriers are little 25-down yeah. fuzzy dogs that, you know, aren't really known for working. Well, her 15-year-old Tibetan Terrier is doing <gasps> scent really? work. Really? Yeah. I was just going to ask that. What age is the best age? But I guess well, if you, you can... you can start them at any age because... Because, hey, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> oh, right? that's not true. Okay. That right. is not true because <laughs> I think... I think Zoe was probably 13 when my mom started teaching her scent work. Mm-hmm. So, and it... What ends up happening is she's a retired agility dog because, you know, you get to a point where you, it's just Your too hard can't on the take old it, dogs, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But she still wants to be active and she's still going strong. So my mom's like, I got to do something with her. So she started doing scent work and she's phenomenal. Wow. So, That's yeah. That's so cool. I didn't even know half of this stuff existed. I know. I'm sitting oh. here like all excited. Like, yeah, I got to go yeah. do this stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> it probably won't happen. But... <laughs> It's yeah. great that you're doing it. It's and, a lot of fun. And yeah. honestly, like if there is something, um, can members get a hold of you if they have questions Absolutely. on any of these things? Yeah. Okay. Reach out to me. That's great. Happy to. You know, check out the Sheboygan Dog Training Club or if it's closer, the Manitowoc County Kennel Club. Okay. They do agility. They do obedience, all that stuff too. Mm. We actually have an agility trial at our club this weekend I'm taking pictures for. So well, there we go. Yeah. So wow. it all comes full circle. It back does. To yeah. Right back to the pictures. <laughs> I'm excited funny. to see some of these pictures. So we'll be sure to excited. whatever you can send us, we'll post mm-hmm. them on the blog. I actually think I have pictures of you. Things I'm just sorry, got what? weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when, well, when Jeff cut this. <laughs> yeah, no, no, when you were over at Locks Hall um, doing some of the, the member stuff um, early on in the members campaign, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they brought me over because I did photography and they were trying to have okay. members come in yep, and take yep. pictures. Mm-hmm. So I I actually took pictures of you for the team. Oh, I think yeah. I was a little more hairy that time. I have yeah. a beard yeah, at that absolutely. point. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Small yeah. world. Yeah. Well, hot diggity dog. So there now, it all comes around. There yeah. we go. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Well, I don't know. I, I could keep asking I know. questions, but I, we probably yeah. should stop. We probably should. So... Jeff, you still with us? <laughs> Good. All right. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for coming on. You're this has welcome. been phenomenal. Um, we always have the guests sign us off. Uh, it's on that little slip of paper okay. there. So if you wouldn't mind. I think I can handle okay. it. Okay. Okay. This is Tammy, and you've been listening to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Yeah.